Hello, my friends. This is the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge, expertise, and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. And that's Not Just Blowing Smoke. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Not Just Blowing Smoke. Hey everybody, welcome to Not Just Blowing Smoke. You've been listening to Jeff Pitchell's Fat Cigar, and that means it's time for us to get going. We're coming at you live from Twin Smoke Shop Studio Quarters in Hooks at New Hampshire. You can catch uh, this show next Monday on uh, Podbean, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically wherever you get your podcast from. Make sure you subscribe to us on those places so you don't ever miss a thing. I'm Pastor Padrone. I'm here with my fellow co-hosts, Paul, Nick, and Dave, who is behind the producer's chair. And today, from the sunny state of Rhode Island, right? <laughs> no? Where? Where? Where are you from today? Down? Connecticut. 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 Yes, I'm in, I'm, I'm in Norwalk, Connecticut. In Norwalk, Connecticut, we have Arturo Diaz from La Aurora Cigars. Oh, yeah. Oh, Thank you, man. that is so hot. How you doing? I am doing fantastic. Uh, it's been a busy day, busy month. Uh, with all the things going on, we're still smoking lots of cigars and having some fun times. So I'm happy to be here. That's awesome. Thanks. Um, we are smoking the La Aurora Barrel Aged by Carl Malone, a very long name, uh, and it is the. <laughs> uh, what what is it? Is Sumo Toro a, a, a is that a just something that goes with this particular line, or is that an actual uh, lingo for a for a Vitola? A sumo. I kind of thought I kind of thought that was my um. My my cigar my cigar name Sumo Toro because <laughs> it goes because it goes in Arturo. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, but no, I I don't have any definitive answer as to other than the fact that it sounds really cool. We'll just go with that. I mean, it's a five and three quarters by fifty four, so um, yeah. definitely a fun fun size. I really enjoy it, and it's actually one of the more popular sellers as we have as well too. Sure. You want to, you want to tell us a little bit about uh, the cigar there? What you know, wrapper, binder, filler, that whole business. So know, it, it's that. an Ecuadorian wrapper, uh, Ecuadorian binder, and it's Nicaraguan uh, and Peruvian fillers on this one, um, mm -hmm. which is what I know. Every time you say Peruvian, people are like, "What? What's that?" <laughs> but it definitely adds a lot of um, I don't. To me, I, I find a good flavor off of it. And I can't specifically tell you it's that or if it's the barrel age or whatever, but uh, those are the breakdown of it. So, okay. Um, as you uh, who are watching can probably tell, mm -hmm. and those of you who are listening, I'm going to let you in know <laughs> that there is, again, for the second week in a row, no one here from the 724 Lounge. These women. They have left us flat. We must stink. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what we've done. I put on cologne just so. Cologne. Some cologne. Just, just so I don't smell. 
Well, thank you. We still appreciate that, Nick. Yes. We still appreciate I appreciate it from here. Toro probably appreciates that all the way down. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, that doesn't mean we have not tapped the uh, immense wealth of knowledge and vast stores of beverage available at the 724 Lounge. Paul, yes. would you please talk a little bit about what we're pairing with the uh, Carl Malone um, Sumatoro? I would love to. That would be great. So tonight with the Cigar Gentlemen, we are having Founders Brewing Marvel Roast. Marvel Ooh. Roast. Yes. Oh, yeah. It is an imperial golden ale <laughs> with coffee, cocoa nibs, vanilla, and milk sugar. And this is from the Founders Brewing website. Okay. Take in the wonder that is the marvelous, or should I say Marvel Roast, new addition to our coffee beer lineup. We started with an imperial golden ale and brewed it with coffee, vanilla, and cocoa nibs. But it doesn't stop there, folks. It doesn't? <laughs> no, it does not. No, no. Oh, my God. They but keep wait. going. They keep going is right. But wait, there's more. Milk sugar added during the brewing process tends to... Uh, Sorry, tends a smooth and sweet finish, making this a delicious treat reminiscent of your favorite iced coffee drink. Mm. I don't think it's iced coffee at all. No? You don't get that at all? Uh, no. The only thing that comes to my palate oh, is, I cream, totally do. is, is cream soda. Cream soda? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can certainly pick that out in there. Super vanilla I get the, I in get there. The I'm picking up the cocoa nibs and vanilla. Yeah. Maybe on the, um, maybe on the finish. Coffee. And you, you know something? I think you're absolutely right, Nick. I'm gonna I'm gonna back you up. I'm not tasting any coffee whatsoever. I'm, I'm oh. tasting definitely getting the cream soda. But cream I'm, soda, there's yes. There's coffee in there. It's like it. cream soda yes. that has been spiked. Right. <laughs> With coffee. <laughs> Maybe on the finish, but this is let me let me let me take another sip here. This is like cream soda all day. No, I, I am a coffee fanatic just like Dan, just mm -hmm. like Dave is. All right. Um I'm a little bit more of a purist. I like, and maybe a snob too, because I like the the high octane Starbucks and Pete's, you know. Nice. Yes. And I can honestly tell you that I cannot, for a moment, pick up any coffee notes in this beer. Yeah, I do not pick up any coffee in this. That's probably because the coffee note I get is like a regular Dunkin' Donuts. Well, you get you get the regular Dunkin' Donuts. So you basically get an extra large the coffee light. with extra, 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 extra. You get an extra <laughs> large coffee with extra sugar, I extra cream, and 18, news, and 18 swirls of, of, fake news. of caramel fake news. in there. So, so basically <laughs> what you have is a big, huge thing of sugar. <laughs> with a splash of coffee. So, so this is ding, 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 ding. That was like, that was like your 20 years drink, ago, babe. Dan. Uh, Three years ago, it was like twenty. No, I like twenty. No, yeah, no, no. Dave, Dave, be honest. I am honest. You want me to put you on the Maury show? Yes. Come on, Dave. Yes. <laughs> Oops. I, I, I've got I got, I got purchase history in my app. All right. I, I yeah, I'll show. We're I'll gonna show have you to post that. Oh, 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 no. Tons of swirly goodness. Yeah. We'll have to post that no. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't really taste a lot of coffee in there. But over, but not on, a lot, no. But, but on its, its own, the beer is actually not bad. No, it's really not good. Bad. Now, really good. Arturo, it's like a cream soda beer. Let's let's try and rescue the conversation here. Arturo, <laughs> <laughs> are you pairing anything with your cigar or no? No, I I am in the office, and uh, it is it's too too dark to be uh, 
smoking on site or actually to maintain light for this. I didn't want to be on and then be off because of no light and then have to wave and get the, the floodlight on to come back on again. We I want to be professional. That and it, it ends up not looking good at all. No, yeah. so, I, so I put on two banners behind me and uh, should be professional about it. And we just we just got a new 27-inch uh, uh, big computer, we'll just say. And nice. we're not, not spon- they're not sponsoring us. So uh, no advertisement there. But it, <laughs> it works fantastic. So we'll go with that. So basically what you're saying is you're not smoking. No, I am smoking. Oh. I am, I am smoking, but I can't smoke. <laughs> okay. He's smoking in spirit. He's smoking yes, in spirit. pretty much. But as soon as we're done with this, uh, forget it. You, I'm going to be right out of here. Boom. All right. All right. Very good there. Cool. Now, um, there is a growing, Ataro, there's a growing number of cigars out there that are barrel-aged, you know, that, that, you know, whether it's whiskey barrels or bourbon barrels or rum barrels, you're seeing it more and more, it seems to me. And, you know, what's interesting about this cigar uh, is that most of these barrel-aged selections that are out there focus on the fact that the wrapper has been aged in some kind of whiskey barrel or bourbon barrel or rum barrel for some amount of months. In this particular case, it's the binder and filler tobaccos that are aged in the barrel, not the wrapper. That's what the website says anyway. And I'm wondering, you know, what significance that has to to the taste and flavor profile of the cigar. Why, Arturo, why? So it's funny, I was doing some research and one of the things I noticed, or I should say, or did you know, did you know that actually all of Laurora's tobacco is barrel aged, wrapper, binder, and filler? No, I do now. I was talking to the Presidente of our company and he he dropped that knowledge on me and because I was talking about the Carmelone. He says one of the things about the Carmelone, it, it, they're barely aged six months. Uh, the Carmelone gives an additional six months in the rum barrels because Aurora makes the uh, rum fantastic rum if you never had it, mm-hmm. and um, and it, it's to you know it's to marry marry the you know the char- characteristics of the the rum barrel along with the tobacco to you know to give it some more of those that sweetness that you you kind of get out of it at least at least for me, um, but. Uh, talking to him, he goes, that's, that's the biggest difference is they give the extra age. So six months is pretty traditional in that department, but this one gets an extra six months because they feel that it, it complemented it well. Um, and every time when they were working on this blend with Carl, he would always come back to this blend. You know, multiple times out of 30 blends, he'd always come back and hit this one and pick it out right out the gate. So that's how it kind of you know became, became his. Now, there's, you, you're touching on something else that I wanted to talk about, and that's the story about how the cigar came about. How did Carl Malone get involved in this process? Was this something he came to La Aurora with, or was it some other kind of collaboration where La Aurora was looking for some kind of celebrity, you know, to, you know, put out a particular line of cigars? How, how, did, how did the Carl Malone come to be? So the story goes that um, Carmelo was at Pro Cigar a few years back, and he met up with Guillermo Leon, which is the owner of La Rora, and um, they just naturally hit it off. They're both, uh, you know, big family men, 
you know, they work hard, obviously, both successful in the fields they do, and they're cigar lovers. And then, uh, so at Pro Cigar, they connected, and then uh, Guillermo invited him over to the Dominican Republic, and Carl showed up. Not only did he show up, <laughs> not, nice. only did he, not yeah. only did he show up then, but then he kept coming back every few months. And at, there was a certain point when Guillermo realized just what uh, uh, an avid cigar smoker and lover that he was. And I guess the idea had been tossed around to create a cigar. Um, and uh, I put this in the best way possible, you know, from a cigar lover who happened to be a Hall of Famer, you know, somebody who really loves what, you know, what this, what this is all about. Um, and th so that's kind of how the story came to be. And before you know it, they started working on the blends and this is where we're at right now. And this came out late in 2018, correct? Uh, it came out, wait a minute, we're in 2020. It came out last year. No, it came out last year. Yeah, no, you're right. It was the late because it was regional and then right. it came out national after that. Yeah. Okay. And how's it how's it doing now nationally across across things? Uh, it's definitely picking up some more steam. Um, you you know we always I always encourage people to do a little research and not to prejudge, you know, just because there's an athlete's name to it. Um, it's definitely quality, and Laura wouldn't have put anything out any any other way. Uh, and sometimes I go into places and I take the band off just to you know start the conversation and. So we can get halfway through it, and then we can really talk about it. Right. And then, and you know, I, more, most times I'm having, I'm, I'm laughing because it's the same reaction. This is a great stick. I'm really enjoying this. You know, what is this? And then, you know, you pull the band out, and it's like, whoa! <laughs> you know, I didn't see that coming. And it's like, yeah, I knew, but I didn't want you to have any preconceived notions. I mean, uh, you know, if you know the history with La Rora, and you know what they, you know, what they stand for, and all that all that is there, you know, this is not a, a fluke. This is something that they took a lot of pride in making and uh, and it's doing well, uh, continues to do well uh, across my territory. I cover um, all of New York and New England. So um, well, and it, it, it definitely, uh, you know, has continues to grow, which is nice. So mm. now La Aurora is uh, the oldest factory in the Dominican Republic, correct? Yeah, hundred and uh, this year is 117 years old. You want to tell us a little bit about the history of the company? I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who'd love to hear a little bit about that. Mm. So I, I took a couple of notes down for this, but I'm, I'm just going to touch base on some of it. So uh, Eduardo Leon Jimenez founded La Aurora. He was 18 years old, and this was like a little investment for him. But cool fact about that is the first cigars that were created were the Perfecto format or the Double Figurado. Uh, mm. They only they only created a hundred units a day of these things, uh, so I found that to be really intriguing because you would think back then you know you'd want to uh, you know make robusto or whatever other size that you can do and and then go from there. But no, they didn't. Uh, you moving along, 1926. Uh, that's when the first band with the uh, lion was on mm. it, which turns which turns out to be you know signify you know uh, believe it or not it had the the letter E, Leon, which is Eduardo Leon on it, but the Leon in Spanish obviously is Lion, so, and that's sure. now our, our big logo as far as uh, uh, it's always been, so it's something that uh, Dominican's very proud of. Mm -hmm. um, on the 100-year anniversary, so I'm shooting forward, uh, that's when the Preferito was born. 
the actual perforito was born, um, uh, you know, with the double figurato, with the tubes that everybody has come to know. Uh, uh, so I thought that was another cool fact uh, because there's six six rappers and everybody has their favorite, whether it's emerald, ruby, sapphire, um, that kind of stuff, which is really uh, all preference and good. Um, and then they continue to roll from San Ninos to uh, the 107 series. We've, and they branched out and now they have rum. They're part of the arts center. They have over 1,100 in, uh, employees in 67 different markets. Um, and then lastly, I would say is, you know, uh, you know, the, it, it, their standards don't drop. I mean, they keep getting better and better and they always uphold the tradition that, um, uh, that uh, was, was created back in the day. That's awesome. Thanks for letting us know a little bit about the history there. Now, now we know who you're working for. How did how did you come to work uh, with La Aurora? Uh, so I was in the business prior for a different company. Actually, let me let me rewind it. So I was on that seat for many many years in my my uh, cigar shop. And my background is uh, retail management. I've done it for over okay. twenty years. So I've done everything from store manager to district manager to trainer. So I've always had a thing, but I've been in that seat and I've gone to many events and I really enjoyed, you know, some of the people I've met in the industry. And um, it just got to a point when I was tired of the corporate life, so to speak. And uh, the person, the owner of the shop that I was at had to connect and, uh, you know, they needed somebody. And next thing you know, I finally got to work for a different company, which was cool. I mm -hmm. uh, did that for 10 months and then decided to really dive hard with uh, my wife and our business, which we'll talk about later, and did that. And then uh, you, you guys had Willie Moranti for two and a half years up in the territory. Right. He was flying back and, flying back and forth from Florida. Um, and anyways, uh, they gave him a position in North Florida, and they needed to fill this one up with their promotion, and he created territory. And so Willie was actually the first one to uh, drop my name uh, with the company and reach out to me as well too, which I'm very thankful for and I never forget. Um, and he he told me he goes he goes you 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 left a great impression on a lot of different people and I really want to be able to hand this off to somebody who I know can you know run with it and do do good by the accounts. So that that's actually where it all came from. Oh, that's awesome. So now you've been doing this for for what a year and a half or something. Yeah, a year and a half now. Miami uh, who distributes them. Yeah, yeah. So a uh, year and a half. It was a, it was New York. It was Western New. No, it was uh, yeah, Western New York and New England. And then, and then in September tomorrow will be one year anniversary that I got the five boroughs to join the party as well too. <laughs> That's a lot of work, man. Good grief. <laughs> so, you know, how what 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 is the best thing about being a rep for a company with this kind of history, with this kind of uh, uh, depth and breadth of their product line, the, the quality that they stand for, um, what are you enjoying most about this? I, you know, first and foremost, it's always like, I mean, it's so much history. You know, when we speak of uh, Miami Cigar Company and obviously La Rora, but when you look down, you know, the banner, it's amazing to talk to somebody and tell them some of this history and learn more. And I mean, I learn more every day, even preparing for this. You know, I went in and, you know, was, you know, again, learning about the Preferito, being the mm -hmm. first cigars you made was something fantastic. Um, 
working for Miami Cigar as a company has just been fantastic. I mean, there, there's a, Nesta Miranda has that saying, one life, one family. They mean it. They mean it. I mean, you know, we've all known through some of the challenges we've had recently. Uh, yep. you know, our first our first sales call we had in April, the first thing that was came out was, how are you and your families doing? And and then we want you to know that you guys are safe. We're not you're not going to lose anything. You're going to we're family. We're we're going to get through this together. I don't know about you, but you know that means a whole hell of a lot when you're you know doing this. So, um, and then you know from there you know um, just you know from top down from Nestor to Jason to Mariana to my peers. I mean we just have a great rapport with each other, and I would say lastly just the accounts, the relationships you make. I mean it's a treat for me to go out. And you know, spend the night and hang out, whether you know, to twins or wherever. But it's like you, you're seeing your friends, and you're all brothers and sisters as it leaves, and you know, and you you just share a common bond that, if you're not in the industry, it's hard to understand. But when you're in it, man, you understand it so well. Yeah, there really is a real family aspect to all of this, and one of the things we we've commented on on this fact on the show before too that. You know, when different reps bump into each other, it's it's not like oh oh it, where you feel all this friction or or competitiveness and you're trying to beat the it's all shaking hands and sharing cigars and and swapping stories and hey where are you going where you been what's going on and that's that's not something you often see in sales anywhere else. Nope. No, and you know it's funny. I learned this expression. Um, through uh, another industry uh, was it was called community over competition. Um, and if you once if you really adapt it that way, I mean there's 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 something for everybody. When you do things right in the right way, it's always going to be good. And you're right. like uh, we just did the cigar Association in New Hampshire golf tournament on Friday. and you know it's you know connecting with your peers that you know you have been on the road. I haven't seen you. How's your family? It's been, you know, before the pandemic, right? I just saw you last week. What am I seeing your ugly face for again? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, and and that, that's a whole nother relationship because peers understand each other and, you know, the grind that goes into, you know, wanting to be successful and represents your brand and do the best you can. Now, talking about the grind, you know, you've got a, a very significant territory you know, with New England and New York and now the, the five boroughs of, of uh, New York City, you know, and you've shared how, you know, one of the um, values of La Aurora is is that they're very family oriented and that's one of their primary concerns. How do you balance doing all of that traveling that you have to do um, to cover I mean, it, it may not be a huge territory mile-wise, but there's a lot of stores in New England and, and New York and, and, and in the city. How do you balance that? How do you keep your family and, and work, you know, on track? Uh, well, I, I'm very organized um, <laughs> when, it comes to this, when it comes to this. I mean, I don't waste my trips. I take notes everywhere, but I also have, kind of have a cycle. Most importantly, first, I get, you know, my, my wife is total support of what I do, 100%. You know, she she's so happy to see that I'm doing this and I'm having a good time and enjoying the success, and that means everything. And then, obviously, I have two daughters as well, too. So, you know, they understand, and I make sure that they understand because, you know, some of the responsibilities that I do have, yeah, it's time away. 
Um, so I was averaging about 10 to 12 nights away a month and over 4,000 miles a month as well, too, driving. Um, so, you know, and I mean, I mean, I get an oil change every month. It's not even funny. And I don't mean, you know, the, the 3,000 one, you know, I get the 5,000 one. But, um, you know, the, again, you know, and this, if you talk to me about post, pre-pandemic to post, post has changed a lot of things drastically because while things were happening, you're, you know, you have to maintain contact and show and be there for your accounts in every way possible. But, um, and, and that's what I've learned more that, you know what, sometimes a simple text is from some people is just what they need. Or sometimes, you know, it's not, it's not always a visit. You don't need to be there every time because they know you're out there doing your thing. And as long as you do people right, it, it makes it, uh, that much easier. But it, I will say that, um, I, I, I'm a grinder. I love being out on the road. So, you know, there's, there's a happy balance and I definitely keep my radar on listening to make sure that my wife is, you know, where she needs to be, you know, cause at the same time I'm doing other things as well too, that, you know, so, uh, and then the same thing with my girls There's my, 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 my time with my girls that will never get substituted. So we're good to go from there. <laughs> That's awesome. Now you, you've kind of hinted that this year has been, uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> COVID and oh, yeah. shutting down and opening up and and you know at one point it's hard to get stuff and and now everybody wants stuff and and uh, it's just been this weird weird year and and you know what are some of the the challenges that you've had to deal with over the last few months and how have you been working to overcome those. Uh, well, so obviously, the, initially, it was just getting out to see people. Um, and, you know, at the beginning, you know, you know, you just kind of ride, ride the wave and kind of let things uh, go. And then until until probably it was until like more like mid-April where, mm-hmm. you know, people were doing curbside and trying to do whatever they could. So, you know, if, if I saw anybody doing uh, anything on social media or through any platform and I could help out, I'd reach out, uh, we'd, you know, we'd send stuff out. I send out some care packages, you know, just little things. You you do had to do it the old school way, but you also had to make sure that you you put the empathy up front because that was the most important part. It wasn't about anything else. Everyone mm-hmm. needs to survive, and you know, and those are people who have feed families, and you know, and so it wasn't about anything else but that. Um, and then as we transition now to what's going on, um, I don't know. I just think that you know, people. I mean, think about it. You walk into any shop. What's what do you have on your face? You have a mask on. I mean, it's right there. So, parent, we're all in this, but everybody kind of has a sense of, you know, nobody, you know, everybody's good about it. You know, we're we're dealing with it. We're doing the best we can. We're complying with what's out there. Um, thank goodness we haven't had um, big inventory challenges. I mean, we've had a couple here and there, but for the most part, the factories are coming back slowly, and that's that's the other end you don't see. Right. You know, there's families. There's families who had didn't even come back to work <laughs> because of this thing. So, right. you know, these things aren't uh, manufactured, you know, these are handmade, you know. So, um, you know, some of that slowed down. But I, I think if you're transparent with all your accounts, you never have to worry about it because decisions need to be made at a certain point. If something's on back order, what do you have that's in stock that we can do something with now? Because selling zero cigars really isn't an option, you know. Right. <laughs> Let's bring some stock in and go from there. So uh, that's just my, that's just the way I look at things, you know, Hey, I mean, let's get a bridge to get you over so we can get that, you know, back in rotation, whatever it takes, you know, because at the end, you know, we all want to sell and, uh, and do well. 
Sure, sure. Now, you've kind of hinted at this, you know, uh, throughout the conversation. You and your wife have a, another business that you work on together, a photography business, correct? Yeah, my, my, my wife is a, is a wedding photographer. Uh, she's been there over five years. Uh, I pushed her out and had her uh, form her own business. She was got an actual bachelor's in photography, and, uh, you know, she created a business from scratch. I mean, she... Uh, does the uh, website, social media, blogging, SEO, main shooting, customer experience. You know, she does, she's like the hardest working woman I know. And then I just happened to transition. It was a funny joke, but it was like, you know, why are we paying somebody to be an assistant photographer? You got me, I could do this with you. I said, I want to get to charge you a box of cigars every time I do this for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, 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 and literally, literally when, when she finally approved my, my shooting because you know over the time she was training me she was reviewing and finally when she says you're ready is when i got a job in the cigar industry so oh, i said well that racket just went out the business right there <laughs> <laughs> and then we've been shooting um for about almost like three years now is that third season mm -hmm. um and you know it obviously this year has been affected but uh you know we we continue to work i mean so a lot of times if you may if you follow me on any sort of social media sometimes you know, you'll see, hey, today's a great day for a wedding. Today was a wedding. We shot a wedding from 1.30 to an elopement, from 1.30 to 5.30. Uh, and it was very private. It was very secluded. And uh, we're very thankful that we got to shoot that today from a great couple. Because uh, it kind of kind of lets you remind you or takes you away from what's going on in this world and makes you realize there's still good things happening. So, but yeah, I'm proud of her, you know, and I, I love the, that aspect. So under, having a business is something I understand big time too, so. Sure. Oh, that's great. Now, let me ask you a, a, a kind of a, a different question here. I usually do a segment at one point in the show called Pastor Padron's Cigar Confessions, <laughs> which I talk about, you know, some kind of pet peeve that I have or question that I have where I actually confess something that I do or don't do that maybe people, you know, may or may not expect. And, you know, when I have a guest on, especially when it's been their first time, I tend to like to ask them this question. So what for you is one of your big cigar pet peeves? Or if you want to be positive, if you want to spin it positively, what's something that you would like to share with um the cigar smokers that you come into contact with or with the audience here that you feel would help them be increase their enjoyment of smoking cigars. Uh, when you see somebody trying to smoke a Churchill and they have 20 minutes to smoke it. <laughs> and, and, and they swear to you, they do it. I mean, like as if they're super proud about it. And you're not under and not understanding the whole logic of the burning and the slowness and uh, you know it's just it's getting you know people to understand that the first rule of thumb for cigar smoking is to make sure that you're you're smoking the appropriate cigar size and the lot of time you have available so that you could enjoy it because that's what it really comes down to. So I see that every so often and it always throws me out. And then the other one that everybody laughs about is you know the, the cutting professional, the mm -hmm. person who just who takes off, <laughs> the kappa is gone. 
They don't even know what a kappa is. They just yeah. <laughs> cap's gone and half uh, half, half the scar. The jihadist. Yeah, that sumo toro is gone. <laughs> so, so you know, you look, you're like, wow, you know. So uh, that would probably be on my list. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm totally. I was actually thinking about that very thing earlier today. Thinking, you know, some people tell me, you know, I I love those uh, LFD double arrow diggers. You know, smoke one in about an hour or something. I'm like, an hour? That's eight and a half inches long. I've done that it. That takes that takes me three and a half hours to smoke. I've done it. Of you course know? you have. Of course you have. But you see, but it was only thing. you're you're, you're, you're sucking down that cigar it like was, it's some kind of ice cream thing. You don't, and even, it's you don't even come up for air. I don't. It was only for competition, though. It was, it was a, only for competition. It was only for competition. But you see that you know. But people do that. They think well, this is a great hour smoke. And I'm thinking, I, I don't know what I'm thinking. I just my jaw just drops. <laughs> well, you, you know, it's interesting. It actually, it actually, um, it goes the opposite way too, where they'll blame the poor quality or or taste of a cigar when their own habits were the one impeding how good it was going to be. Yeah, you know, you know, you can't you, you can't do that at all. I mean, you got a robusto. 45 minutes to an hour easily and you could enjoy it and get those nuances when you take a when you draw in are you letting it stay in you and you know really feeling some of it and before you you're releasing it i mean it just i i know i know i'm not don't get me wrong it's not like a mr knowledge on all this kind of stuff but i do figure if i'm going to be doing this for a living and something at a hobby that i've loved for many years you might have to pick up some more nuances you know that uh, that can be enhance your your experience, and that's that's exactly what this does. I'm still working on that whole retro hair because let me tell you, I feel like I'm the silliest person in the world trying to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Things are flying out except smoke. <laughs> I was gonna ask what what's the problem, but now I think uh, you've already answered that. <laughs> more <laughs> we'll get there we'll get there i probably you can give me a lesson pastor <laughs> we can do that the next time bring tissues all right what <laughs> let me uh ask everybody here you know as we're coming up on the the end of the first uh, segment here what's Nerd. what's our thoughts on the uh la aurora uh, barrel aged by carl malone toro sumo it's a lot to say in one <laughs> Nick, uh what's what's your thoughts do you have thoughts, or are they just one word, <laughs> one word, you know, kind of impressions? I have some thoughts. <laughs> Sumo. Toro. Uh, Sumo. Um, get a lot of tobacco nuts. It's yeah, I do. Obviously. Uh huh. Really good. The cigar on its own is a fantastic one. When I first had it, when we first brought it in. Yeah. Spectacular. Yeah. Um, Why? Let me finish. You keep. I, I'm gonna need one of those sticks that that Kendra and Bree had. Those uh, the talking sticks, so he doesn't talk over me. The baton. The, the baton. Give me a baton. Give me a little baton. unicorn on the top. My God, right? Little one. Um, great smoke. Medium body. Little spice on the retro hail. Little sweetness. And I think the drink is bringing out a little bit more sweetness than uh, if you'd be smoking this on its own. Um, some earth, woody notes, tad bit of leather on the finish. Really good. The pairing, I'm not 100% sold on it. Mm -hmm. The 
by themselves, the drink and the cigar by themselves are fantastic. Yeah. Together, I, I'd probably have to give it a thumbs down. Um, the drink is, I think, a little bit too sweet. For me, all that's coming across and all that my brain is picking up is it's a spiked cream soda. <laughs> Unfortunately, and that's, you know, that's just how my brain is working and my palate is is talking to my brain at the time, but right. it, like I said, the cigar on its own, fantastic. I, I loved it since the first time, first time I smoked it and picked it up. I recommend it to everybody that comes to the shop. Uh, we got a lot of a lot of our customers that are hooked on it. Brad, yeah. um, I believe Heather's tried mm -hmm. it, uh, and a bunch of a bunch of the guys, late night guys that come in, they that's like their go to. It's a great smoke. The drink on its own is fantastic. It's smooth, uh, full of flavor. And Paul, you said it was a double IPA. No, it's a, a it's it's an imperial stout. golden ale, oh, okay. but, it's a, but it's a but it's part of the co bad. it's a coffee it's really a coffee stout. I wasn't but, it, but it's <laughs> it's a Hefeweizen. It's a double IPA. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I wasn't listening. It's an imperial <laughs> it's an imperial golden ale, but it's a it's part of their coffee stout lineup. Okay, um, not really getting any coffee at all on it, no. even though it's a coffee stout. But no. it's a really good drink, really smooth. Got some really nice flavor. It's not bold, but it's really drinkable. Really nice. But what for the pairing, I would definitely have to do a thumbs down on it. Dave. Um, I'm getting a lot of rum notes from the cigar. You um, lie. And I feel like the uh, the this uh, cream soda beer is kind of bringing it out. Um, I think it, the cigar is uh, creamy and smooth. I think the, the draw is easy. Um, the, the beer is the weirdest thing I've ever had. I've never, never thought to make a cream soda beer. I don't think that's what they're, I don't think that's what they're going for. But, uh, that's what we got. Some, uh, some, uh, equipment malfunctions for Dave, oh, man, my. the producer. Dropping the elbow. Oh. We'll let Dave fix his mic and we'll go on to Paul. Paul? <laughs> So the, the reason why I like this cigar is that it, it's it's uh, it's a nice medium smoke, lots of wood tones, nice spice, a little bit of sweetness, very very well balanced. The pairing is, however, taking away a lot of what I like about the cigar. It's it's uh, I get a little bit of sweetness and a little bit of spice, but it takes that that wood the woody notes that I really like from the cigar away from me. Um, and so I do agree with Nick that. This is not a pairing that I would uh, I would give thumbs up to. Um, I think the beer on its own is is decent. It's not something that I would go back to. Mm -hmm. uh, this, I have to, and it lingers on your palate. Uh, there's, there's almost like a malty uh, flavor to this um, instead of the hoppy flavors that we're so used to. Yeah. Um, and so it, l it tends to linger malt. Uh, forward beers tend to linger on your palate longer, so it, it's taking away a lot of the flavors from the cigar that I like. So I would say no to the pairing, um, but on its own, cigar is fantastic. I really, really like that. Nice medium smoke, great you know cedar wood notes, uh, earthiness, uh, very, very well balanced. The beer again on its own is decent, like, but I will. Probably never order it again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and specifically, if it's supposed to be a coffee stout, and I'm not getting any coffee flavors, right, unless yeah. you unless you go to Dunkin' Donuts and order an extra large, extra, 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 you know, you won't get that. <laughs> you got extra the coffee. Swirly <laughs> girl. Could have had Octoberfest. Yeah. So you, it, I would say if you if you're expecting a coffee 
flavored cigar. Mm. I'm sorry, coffee flavored beer. You're not going to get it. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed looking around at all of us smoking the construction on the cigar has been great. It's been perfect. Uh, all the way down, everybody's cigars have been burning very, very well. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I I'm going to have to echo what I've heard. The cigar is, you know, has lots of rich wood notes that I can, I can, I really feel like that I can taste some of the, um, like almost like a chard, you know, something from the oak barrel, you know, something is carried over where I can kind of, I almost feel like I can see or taste the effect of the barrel on the tobacco. How to describe that? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but it's, you know, it's something that's very pleasant. It's medium bodied. Um, it's very, very enjoyable. Um, I agree that the, the beer is smooth, creamy. It's like, uh, uh, you know, Nick's called it a spike cream soda. I can't really disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. Woo! And, and, and um, Go no, Nick. I, I don't think the pairing was, was all that great. Um, but, you know, what do you expect when the women from the 724 Lounge bail on us and leave <laughs> us to true. make our own Again. decisions? Again. Rick Kellerman Again. says, uh, how about a coffee enema? There you go, Ricky. Uh, why am I not surprised you would say that, Kellerman? You are way <laughs> obsessed with enemas. You're a retired nurse. Get over it. Go do something useful with yourself. Thank you very much. Right. I love you, Ricky. <laughs> Volunteer. Um, Arturo, thank you very much for being with us and putting up with this ridiculous conversation that we've had. <laughs> oh, my oh. God, please. This was... This is great. I had a great time. Uh, and I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. So for the record, another known fact, this was my first podcast ever. So yeah. Really? Well, oh, we are my happy God. To bring hey, we broke the cherry for you. Paul, of course, would love to have you back as long as we did the uh, preferitos. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, we can make it happen, please. Connecticut yeah. Brooks. Yes, the Connecticut Broadleaf would be outstanding. Is that fair? Oh, you want the black, the diamond? You want right? Yes, the diamond. Yes. He wants the diamond. He's Pablo Maduro. Yeah. That's that's what he. Maduro thinks. is forever. We yes. will definitely uh, have to conversate about this, but I'm sure we can make that happen. All right, thank awesome you. Sauce. All right, thank you very much for being with us. This is great. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Hang in there. We will be right back with Briarworks Sweet Tea. Don't go anywhere. Oh yeah. All right, we're back. It's taken us a little bit longer than we wanted, but we had some stuff we needed to work out here. And we are back with Briarworks International's Sweet Tea. And uh, if you are looking for a tin description, it says, brewed in the same true Southern, brewed in the true Southern tradition. Sweet and strong. Just like Mama used to make it. Just like Mama used to make it. Mm -hmm. It is manufactured by Cornell and Deal. It is an aromatic pipe tobacco and contains Black Cavendish, Turkish Orientals, and Virginia. The flavoring on this, and it's interesting, as I uh, went around and looked at reviews and, and uh, um, user reviews uh, of this tobacco, people think there's sugar there's vanilla there's all sorts of things added to this um i called cornell and deal and asked them 
what it was, if anything, that was cased with this blend. Or did you call Mark? Well, that is the same thing. <laughs> that is the same thing. You call Mark, and you're basically calling the guy who can call Jeremy Reeves, yes. who's the master blender there, who does everything. And here's what this is cased with. Rum? No. Molasses? No. Sweet tea? It's cased with concentrated sweet tea. Really? Just sweet tea. Just. Nothing unusual. Nothing weird, nothing, you know, ridiculous. It's just concentrated sweet tea. Hence the name. Hence the name. Is it that like that that 4C powder stuff that you get at Market Basket? (laughs) Because that stuff is super concentrated, which I love. You do that with some really good vodka, like hammer and sickle. Man, you got to have yourself a really good iced tea in the afternoon. Or, or late morning, like 8.30. Sorry. I, I sorry. really don't know what to say. To I got caught up. I really, I really don't. I got caught up in my weekends. I'm sorry. I'm just going to, you know, one of my old professors, you know, in college used to say, okay, we're moving on. I'm just going to hold your feet to the fire. We're moving on. We're moving on. Um, Paul, yes. what are we pairing with this sweet tea pipe tobacco? So we are pairing this wonderful sweet tea tobacco with the High West Black Manhattan. Mm, the Black Manhattan. Tell us a little bit about that uh, Manhattan. It is made with High West American Prairie Bourbon, mm-hmm. sweet vermouth, and black walnut bitters. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mm. It's very well balanced. Well, very nice. What? What? Um, what's the first impressions here we have on the... Uh, Pipe tobacco in the pairing. Nick. Awesome. It is. So far, it's good. I've ha- I had on Wednesday, when I was here in Hookset, I had myself a bowl of the sweet tea. Mm-hmm. And the sweetness and the, the deep spice that you get from it, it's like having a, a sweet tea that has a little bit of spice on it. It's really nice. Medium body. When you said that it was uh, an aromatic blend... I was kind of taken back because when I first had it, I was like, wow, this is nowhere near that I thought that it was an aromatic blend. Usually mm-hmm. with an aromatic blend, for me, you get it's light. It's, you know, very flavorful. Obviously, this has a really good room note. Um, and it doesn't have the body that this one has. This one definitely has some really good body. And when you pair it with this bourbon, I'm sorry, this uh, black Manhattan, <laughs> um, it's really good. The sweetness that you get from the drink, uh, the the walnut bitters where you're going to get a little bit of that earth, a little bit of that bitter in there, and then the, uh, the bourbon where it kind of brings together the sweetness, the spice. It, this combination, this pairing so far for me is a lot better than our last pairing. And like I said before, the cigar was really great on its own. I've had it before a bunch mm-hmm. of times. The drink I thought was really good for the Imperial Stout. I would probably have it again, but probably with maybe something else. That would right. probably go good with... Uh, like a tobacco or a java? You could... No. Well, it's supposed to be a coffee stout, and I didn't even get any coffee from it. I wouldn't get that. I was going to say like an autumn evening. I think that drink would really do good with an autumn evening. That would go well with an autumn evening. That creamy that yeah, cream yeah, soda go. kind of thing right? would go well with that. You could have that at like 7.30 in the morning before you start your day. Um, so at 7.30 in the morning, you're going to have an... A, A, B, what do they call it? 
ABV. A Marvel's roast. A Marvel roast, the, right? The, it's a, APV or APV. Is it? Yeah. Uh, uh, the... Uh, yeah, the ABVs. The it's, ABVs. It, it's That's the, what uh, I was trying. Alcoholic b -b 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 beverage volume. volume. I didn't get it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, eight. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't taste it's that. It's seven thirty in the morning. It's perfectly okay to have an eight in the morning. Why he not? Like, he likes to start light and then work yeah, his way start, up. Start light. Start light. And then gotta towards, work your way up to that. You know, proof. Anything from eight to twelve ABV, and yeah. then you know once it gets past ten, all the, up, then all the way up to Bacardi one fifty one. No, once you get past twelve, then you can break out the real good stuff. You can go single malts. You can yep. go, you know, the one twenty one thirty bourbons. You can do the tequilas yeah. and. And then you once know, you so get past five, wake it's up with the anybody's guess what you're going to be doing. Oh, then then after five, when the in-laws and my my mother comes over and everybody's over, we break out the moonshine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. When my in-laws come over, that's when we break out the moonshine. Well, usually it's my – it's funny. It's my, funny because usually that's a, that's a bad thing when they – you know, the in-laws well, no, are it's over, a good now thing. you're pulling out the moonshine. Well, no, the, my my mother-in-law initiates that. She always, yeah. oh, wow, she's trying to tell you the, something. Let's go for the pitorro. <laughs> yeah. If you guys met my mother-in-law, man, you guys would love her, man. She's, I'm sure. She's a five-foot version of my wife. And when it's on the weekends, Saturday, Sunday, she breaks out that moonshine and we drink until the morning time. She's awesome. I love her. Very um, excellent. So back to the tobacco and the drink. So far, <laughs> you're not finished talking about it yet. Uh, no, not yet. So far, pairing's really good. Got okay, moving on. Good. Paul, what do you got? Yes, Paul, what do you have? Uh, what do you I, have for us, Paul? I absolutely agree that this is a much better pairing than the last one. Mm -hmm. uh, the tobacco, um, I'm picking up a lot of uh, light, uh, uh, sweet uh, uh, Virginia notes. You know, the dried fruit. Um, some some bread notes as well as some spice, mm -hmm. very very well balanced, wonderfully light spice on the retro hill. The uh, black Manhattan, uh, great spicy sweetness there too. Very 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 smooth. It's taking away a little bit of the sweetness, but it's enhancing those bread notes for me. Yeah. Um, but I would I would say that maybe what do you like a mild to medium. Mild to medium. Mild yeah. to medium yeah. of tobacco. Yeah. yeah. And, and but when I first took the first few drawers of the tobacco without the drink. I got those, uh, uh, the sweet tea notes. Mm. Really, really nice. Yeah. I've never had a tobacco like this. Yeah, before. this it's is very this unique. Is, very unique. It's funny. People either seem to like this or hate it. How do you? And hate I it? think oh, I, I like it's it. because you know when you say sweet tea like your mama used to make, you're thinking you're going to get this sickly sweet iced tea kind of thing. Like you're expecting this to be super aromatic, and well, I wasn't you know, expecting. We it to be, yeah. we know from you know talking to Mark and how Cornell and Dill works, you know their aromatics are really, you know, blended in such a way as that it, they're it's not going to overtake the tobacco, right? You know the tobacco. It's very important that it's a tobacco forward mix, and that whatever flavor is being added mm -hmm. is supporting and enhancing the flavors that are there and so i think a lot of people smoke this and what i, I think they're disappointed that it's not more sugary oh, you know I and think to that's... me to me you know the especially the finish the finish of this is like a black pico uh, orange pico tea mm -hmm. i get that tannin kind of finish 
on my tongue. And now I know because they actually put concentrated sweet tea in the mix that that's where the tannin's coming from. Yeah. It, it actually is. And so it's, it's, it's got a sweetness to it for sure, but it's not, it's, it's not a sickening sweet over sweet no. kind of thing. It's that it's Goldilocks a, theory. Yeah. There. It's that's just right. It's, mm-hmm. it's just to the point of, you know, maybe coming back, but it's not overpowering at all. And it's really nice. Finish is really nice, very well balanced, and it goes really well so far with the drink. Have, have you ever had, just want to keep going with the sweet tea uh, uh, section for a moment. Have you ever had the true southern sweet tea? No, I have not, which is a shame. Okay. Because I do like a good so Long So there's Island a big difference stuff. between the true sweet tea from the south and the sweet tea that you get up here in the north. Yes. Oh, I know. It's and that's totally where I think different. a lot of people are are, are questioning mm-hmm. the sweetness because up here if you get sweet tea if you go to any restaurant that offers sweet tea or the four c's sweet yep. tea whatever it's sugar yeah. I mean, oh it's, yeah it's, you're tasting the sugar that's what that's yeah. how they're so if you go to the south in the carolinas or, or virginia or whatever because I, I traveled down there before and you, you stop off at places and they offer sweet tea it's like you say the goldilocks theory just yeah. right just, just right. enough there mm-hmm. to just pique your interest but it's not overpowering you can keep getting a second and a third yeah and it's not going to be overpowering for you it's fantastic mm-hmm. dave do you have any uh thoughts that you want to add to this i'm enjoying the uh the sweetness of the sweet tea are you not? I, I am i really i know you i have <laughs> detected sugar and i have found it and yes. i am focused on it with all of my being absolute go, ferocity it would it would go taste great any tea at all no. i just taste Sweet. sugar it would sugar. go great with an extra large large mocha an extra latte. caramel swirl extra 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 mm. extra caramel <laughs> extra right. sugar extra milk light on the coffee yep mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all, folks. Well, let's see. Heather says, sweet tea down south is vaguely terrifying. It's like sugar slurry with a hint of tea. Ooh. Oh, you got the, went to the wrong places, I Heather. She went to the wrong You place. went to the wrong uh, places. I'm with Paul. You know, I, I used to live in Orlando, uh, Florida for a while, and uh, I agree with Paul that if you got legit mm-hmm. southern sweet tea, it was tea that had some sweetness mm-hmm. added to it it was not a you know um a, a bottle of you know sugar that mm-hmm. had been it wasn't lipped watered down liquefied or whatever tea. yeah it's big difference mm-hmm. yep mm-hmm. all right now uh as we're smoking this let's talk about some uh viewer questions and i did get one uh this week and this question was, what makes a cigar canoe? Mm. Does anyone want to answer that question, Paul? you want to handle that? Usually what, what causes a cigar to canoe is a construction error. Mm, construction error. Could so, be. Yeah. So it, and, and generally it's because either the roller had, uh, didn't roll it correctly um, and as a result, there may be a, 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 a compromised uh, section, whether it's in the binder or the filler, and or he short-filled it, he or she short-filled it, and that could very well cause the, the cigar to canoe, which means that those those tobaccos are burning a lot quicker than the, the, 
tobaccos around it, and as a result, then you've got a lopsided-looking cigar. Right, and we, let me clarify for those of you who are wondering maybe what canoeing is. Canoeing is when one side of your cigar is burning way ahead of the other, and the result is like, looks something like a, a uh, canoe. canoe. You know, if you scoop out all the burned tobacco, it looks like you've, you've got this uh, uh, canoe left there. And uh, Paul is right. One of the one of the reasons for canoeing is poor construction. When things are too tight on one side and too loose mm -hmm. or looser than it is on the tight side, maybe one side was done correctly and the other side was done too loosely, the burn rate is affected and therefore one side of the cigar is going to burn more quickly than another and that's going to create that canoe there are a couple of other reasons that uh, yes, there are um, uh, can cause canoeing and what are one of those other reasons dave that would be airflow airflow meaning what meaning like if you're in your car and you have one window down and the wind's hitting just one side of the cigar it'll only burn that side because the it's cooling the other side that's correct that's User. correct. Wind, wind uh, uh, can affect it. So if you're outside and you're in a breeze, and the breeze is, you know, going to be fanning the fire on one side but not on the other of the cigar, you can end up with a canoe. That's a very common reason cigars uh, canoe. And what about uh, Nick? You seem to have a third reason. Lighter error. Lighter error. Yeah. AKA user error. AKA user error. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you'll get. Um, somebody to light the cigar, mm -hmm. but they'll only light half the foot, mm -hmm. and then they'll continue to smoke it. So it's going to burn unevenly. That's right. That's right. And that, if you're one of these people that always ends up with the canoeing cigar, you're the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's just no easy way to say it, but I'm saving you a lot of trouble by just bringing it out. You're the trouble. You need to, and it's very important to light your cigar correctly and get the entire foot nice and evenly toasted and then lit at the same, at, you know, so that the temperature is even across the foot of the cigar as you start. Because as Nick said, if one side is lit very well and the other side is not uh, uh, lit at all or as well, the cigar will canoe. And uh, there you go. What do you know? Those are the three reasons that cigars canoe. You all did a great job. That's awesome. Well, there's one more. There's moisture. You mean if you put your cigar in a puddle? Well, no, after you've lit it, then it won't. Or if it, or if it's um, not humidified correctly, or if there was a leak in the bag on one side, and or something like that, and wrong in the humidor, that could also come. And I would think that would be the rarest but still possible. That's possible. Hey, anything's possible when you're talking to guys. Anything's possible when you're talking to Dave. True. Okay. Dave's so, always looking outside the nine dots. He's always looking outside. He's got ten dots. <laughs> uh, Rod says we need to turn up the volume. I'm old and my speakers don't go to 11. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do that, that would be great. Ralphie, what's uh, up, buddy? Heather thinks we should be doing a lighting tutorial on the next podcast. 
Let me tell you something, H. Didn't we do that? Something like that is totally in the works. One of the nice things about doing a video-based podcast is that we can do a lot of educational stuff that you just couldn't do uh, when you were just doing something audio-wise. And we're going to be putting together some stuff on how to cut, how to light, looking at different um, uh, cutters, how they work, how to pack a pipe. We're going to be putting together a lot of good stuff. So you guys are not going to want to uh, miss anything that's coming up. It's... uh, really good stuff uh let's see news with paul that is the next thing on the list paul do you want to tell us a little bit about what's going on in the world today so what's going on in the world paul well i kind of changed the title of this news story just a little bit yeah a bit and you know maybe i was feeling my uh this comedic side? Well, no. And again, I, I apologize to any of our California listeners out there. Don't take this the wrong way, but let me just go ahead with this. The governor of the People's Republic of California <laughs> signs, signs Flavor Tobacco Ban Bill. Ooh. This is from Half Wheel, and this came out uh, after Friday when it was signed in. Mm-hmm. Flavored tobacco products are about to get a lot harder to come by in California. As on Friday, Governor Gavin Newsom signed SB 793 into law. His signature came after the Senate unanimously approved the amended version of the bill returned by the Assembly, voting 34 to nothing in favor of it on Friday. This bill prohibits all a tobacco retailer or any of the tobacco retailer's agents or employees from selling offering for sale or possessing with the intent to sell or offer for sale a flavored tobacco product or a tobacco product flavored enhancer, subject, subjecting them to a fine of $250 for each violation. Ooh. It also allows local governments to, imp- to impose greater restrictions on the access to tobacco products than the bill imp- uh, imposes. There are exceptions to the ban, however, including one for premium cigars, though it is not terribly favorable or likely to mean that many premium cigars make the cut. In the bill, the state defines a premium cigar as any cigar that is handmade, it is not mass-produced by use of mechanization, has a wrapper that is made entirely from whole tobacco leaf, and has a wholesale price of no less than $12. (laughs) Oh my god. No less. A wholesale price of $12? Additionally, it must not have a filter, tip, or non-tobacco mouthpiece that must be capped by hand. Well, let me tell you, any cigar that has a wholesale price of $12 will not have a plastic tip. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Davidoff's going to be coming out with some. The ban does not apply to sales of premium cigars sold in cigar lounges where products are purchased and consumed on the premises, or to premium cigars in general. The problem, however, exists with the exemption is that few, if any, flavored cigars meet the pricing threshold, as that would mean the MSRP for an exempt cigar is around $24, and with the state's tax rate of 56.93% of the wholesale price, the likely cost is around $38. $38. Can I have a Cuba Cuba? That would be $38. Jesus. Oh, 
WTF? Also gaining exemption is loose leaf tobacco, a win for pipe smokers and those who like to roll their own cigarettes. But the biggest exemption goes to the hookah lounges as the ban does not apply to the sale of flavored shisha, uh, shisha tobacco products by a hookah tobacco retailer. California Jones, sorry, California joins Massachusetts as the two states having flavored tobacco bans, though each have their own unique exemptions to the law. In Massachusetts, businesses defined as smoking bars are still able to sell flavored tobacco products and vaping products. This ban goes into effect on January 1st, 2021. How can you ban flavored tobacco? but completely exempt pukas yep. from that, mm -hmm. which are like, you know, watermelon crush, you know, or, you know, Sour bubble, apple. bubble gum latte or whatever. They come out with the weirdest flavors. How can it it's not crazy. affect that at all? Unless the only thing I can think of is that, you know, hookah bars are a big thing. Mm -hmm. You know, you go and you you go to the shop and and you actually enjoy a hookah that you basically rent it. They give you you know uh, new mouthpieces and stuff to, that yeah. go on the hookahs. And but still, I mean, I just don't I don't understand that at all. And you know, we talked um, several weeks ago about how this. Um, you know, the, the, the Senate had created an exemption for premium cigars and how that we thought was a big win. But when you define a premium cigar as having a wholesale price of $12, mm -hmm. you basically render any kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, any kind of concession as null and void. What's the point of having that concession if everything that you're going to be selling, you know, has a wholesale price of four or five or six dollars? Right. Exactly. It's it's almost like they either the people who wrote the bill or the person who wrote the story got their facts mi mixed up. Like it should be you know, like they meant to say MSRP of $12. Either that or, you know, whoever, whatever cigar, you know, the cigar companies that were thinking that this was a huge win just completely had the wool pulled over their eyes if they thought that this was going to be a big win if you have to have a $12 wholesale price on the cigar. Well, I... And again, I went a little bit further than half wheel. I, I decided to Paul do a little bit. Of, I decided to do a little bit of <laughs> investigation, if Paul you will. Always goes deeper. I wish Dave had the uh, X Files. Yeah, sorry, I took it off. Uh, whatever. Conspiracy theory number. There we go. So. <laughs> The, this, is, on, this, is from, this is from the Los Angeles Times, and I'm just going to just read a few paragraphs here because I okay. find this very, very interesting. Yeah. So the new law goes into effect January 1st, and it came in response to a surge in teen use of flavored tobacco, including electronic cigarettes and other products with flavor, including menthol, apple, cotton candy, and gummy bears. <laughs> so oh. Gavin Newsom said during a news conference, hours before signing this measure, that he had long supported a ban. And, he, and this is 
this, this is his quote, I have been very expressive in terms of my absolute condemnation of this tobacco industry that continues to find ways to target our youth. It will be a point of deep pride and personal privilege as a father of four and of someone who has had many, many family members die at the hands of the tobacco industry to sign that bill. Now, Senator Jerry Hill, who's a Democrat from San Mateo, is the one who, who sponsored this bill. And he was quoted as saying, what has kept me motivated and steadfast is the fact that this bill is all about protecting kids and protecting public health. Hill said, adding that he regretted having to accept exemptions for premium cigars, hookah products, and some pipe tobacco. That's crazy. And you wonder why I called it the People's Republic of California. Yeah, exactly. So ridiculous. How many? They already raised the age to 21, Mm -hmm. which the age of 21 is pretty much nationwide now. Just about. Um, So what kids are they protecting with this bill? Well, like, uh, like how many people in Cali- how many kids in California have, you know, that are 16 years old that have fake IDs and stuff? You know what I mean? That that it doesn't really. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, you're okay. I'm gonna go and, you know, support this bill that we're protecting our kids and everybody's health. I don't know. That it's just it sounds crazy to me. Listen, bans never work. All right, and unfortunately, the the certain and I'm gonna I'm gonna come out and say it. The, the Democratic side of this continues to try to put ban after ban after ban on on things that the average adult finds pleasure in okay Absolutely. all right so so we know that if if in fact if, if this does go in, which it is going to go into law people will find another way to get it all right. you can ban, you can ban you can ban handguns assault rifles all this you want to get one you can get one Pretty the much law anywhere. Does not make it illegal for you to possess. Correct. It's not it illegal for you to possess it. Does not make it illegal for you to order it from out of state. Correct. It just makes it illegal for you to get it from a store. Correct. In the state. Correct. Correct. So but, they will find ways to get it outside the state. Right. So then they're cutting off the businesses that are selling it in the state too. So then the business owners that are in the state are going to have to, you know. It, 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 it's gonna, gonna have be to tough cover. for them to continue yeah. their businesses. They want to raise taxes. The if they want to raise taxes, it's going to continue. It's going to be harder for those those retailers to continue business. If they want to ban certain tobaccos, it's going to be harder for those businesses to continue to uh, continue on. I mean, we talked about earlier this year about the flavored liquors. You know, yeah. Absolute has got what. 15, 20 different flavored uh, vodkas. Yeah. Uh, the rums yeah. have so many different flavors. Yeah. And yeah. not one of these uh, these politicians are trying to ban those. No, not at all. Why? Uh, Rod, they probably drink it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. Rod up in Canada asks, what percentage of premium hand-rolled cigars sell retail for under $12 a cigar? There's a lot of them. <laughs> Outside uh, of Canada, of a lot. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, Ron, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> Sorry that you're, that you're paying a much higher price, that. but we've got plenty of cigars in our humidor that are, are under ten dollars. Yeah, you can smoke very well for ten dollars. Correct. Less. I like how Rod puts on the next uh, comment after Heather's. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the trick. Create a boogeyman, then pass the law to deal with the boogeyman. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Very, yeah, very true. That's very true. They do that uh, a lot. Now, that all leads to my 
would you rather question? <laughs> Yay! And this is tied into the discussion that we're having here. Would you rather be a cigar or a pipe smoker in California <laughs> where you will pay 56.93% on any tobacco you get and there's a flavored tobacco ban? Or would you rather live in New York State, oh, Jesus. which of, as of October 1st will have a 75% tax on all tobacco? But there's no flavor ban. I'd I'd move up uh, with Rod. Rod, you got an extra room, buddy? Because I'm coming up. Canada. I will definitely. <laughs> me, me and Rod will <laughs> be the best you roommates ever. The question is: if Would you rather room. live in California or New York? Damn, neither. If I had the right. choice, that's why I live in New Hampshire. That's why it's called the "Would You Rather" question. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Which hell would you rather be in? Uh, pay a whole lot more now right now probably California right now, <laughs> got the New beaches. York's tobacco New York's taxes it's it's set at 75% but because of some ways the law is currently written um, if you get your cigars from a distributor instead of a directly from the manufacturer you pay the going rate of, of uh, I can't Remember all the legal mumbo jumbo. It comes out to twenty eight and a half percent in New York. Okay, in New York. But as of October first, if nothing changes, and I haven't heard that anything is, yeah, um, it's only you know. And as of October first, those loopholes are going to be removed, and all the tax will go up to seventy five percent for everything. So do you want to pay more tax but be able to get your flavored pipe tobaccos, your flavored cigars or do you want to live in California where you're paying less tobacco tax, only 56% tobacco tax, but you can't get any flavored cigars. Okay. I'm going to start with this one. Go ahead, Paul. And I'm going to be Forward thinking. Ooh. Thinking outside the box, as I like to say. Pablo Maduro thinks forward. Always. Now, the average person would probably say, I'd rather go to California because it's less tax, and maybe I don't smoke the flavored tobacco. But if they're able to pass this bill, what else can they pass down the road? Mm-hmm. Now, now any, any state can try to pass any restrictions going forward. There's no guarantees. Right. But I would rather be in New York and pay a higher tax and have no restrictions on what I can buy than to be in California currently and have these politicians take the restrictions, put on more restrictions and take the freedoms away from me, even though I don't partake in those flavored tobaccos, what does that mean for me down the road? What are they going to try to take away from me next year, the year after? So I would rather go to New York and pay a higher tax and that the worst case I can go and pick up the phone and call Twin Smoke Shop in Lenadere, New Hampshire and get cigars sent to me. Thank yeah. you, Lord, Amen. Twin Smoke Shop. Absolutely. Hey, amen to that, brother. One. Dave, where would you rather live, California or New York? Oh, I'm down with Paul, man. I go to New York, hands down. For that reason, that same reason? Absolutely. Because it, it just living there is just, you know, you can 
just order from somewhere else and then you know if, if well, you, you can order to, from you can... somewhere else in california too correct mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna just add one more thing too i have a client who's been buying cigars from us who lives in california mm -hmm. uh, really nice guy he owns a business out there he's from texas but his whole family is in california he's been living there for years and he has told me on numerous occasions when i when we talk on the phone that he wishes he could just pick up his business and move back to texas mm. he says california is just killing him Jeez. and he says you're not able to see the damage they're doing because it's not being reported he goes i'm telling you right now it's just ridiculous out there wow and so i mean any chance of me ever moving to california has been gone this, this i mean i never want to move to california but if there ever was i i, I wouldn't at this they're point they're still in shutdown aren't they well, or one of their states is a shutdown. You, yeah, I mean, they're one of the states that has gone through the quote-unquote second wave and shutting things down and all that. They're not. They're not. They're not open like we are as, as right, much. Right. Um, Nick, yeah, let's let's hear your thoughts on this. Ooh, you guys ain't gonna like this. I'm a beach boy at heart, so it'd probably be California, and I would just order out all the time. <laughs> I probably you know, wouldn't be. You know they have beaches in New York. Beaches on Lake Erie. No, no, I need the ocean. I need the ocean. I don't need a lake. Which I've never been up to, you know, New York and that lake region. And I'm sure it's absolutely beautiful up there. But uh, if it had to be either or, I'd probably do California and then order out. Uh, I would order out. That'd be me. Okay, so. The beach calls you heavenward. Yeah, until they until they ban smoking on the beaches, then I'm out of there. Then I'd go to Florida. I but wouldn't go again, to either. Then the choice. Is, All right, then I'd go to New York after. Yeah, it's funny. I, you know, here's the would you rather question. Would you rather live in California and New York as a smoker? And I realize that both choices suck. Yeah, that's the whole point. It's damn is, if you do. To, you know which which level of hell would you rather live with and i'm looking at all the listeners and, and people who are watching us on facebook and they're all like well i'm glad i'm here in new hampshire <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, it's good but you don't get the would you rather thing the grass isn't always greener no it's not dave you are you already answered you said you said uh, new york uh, new york um uh I, I would pick New York just because I, I can't live in California. There, there's so many other taxes and things that go on out there. I just couldn't. I just couldn't deal with it. I couldn't deal with it. I would rather have all my different choices. And you know, I, I I'm a pipe smoker too. I like having you know different the option of different. You know, like um, even things like Sunbear, you know, could that, that's, a, that's an aromatic, you know, corn cob pipe. Those are great aromatics. And to not have access to those because they're concerned about some six year old kid going down to the store and, and lighting up a pipe. I mean, come on. Why have, why have the age restriction? It's, it's, you know what I mean at that point it's ridiculous you know I, I think that there are if the if the cons, if what triggers the concern is vaping and electronic cigarettes why does then everything get lumped into that mm -hmm. and you know when 
especially when you have you know vaping and e-cigs you know connected to you know uh, being devices that are manipulated to then you know introduce drugs yeah. to the system where, where they're not even introducing what they were intended to introduce you know that that you're you're no longer enjoying something that's that's now you're enjoying something that's really dangerous I mean, come on! This—it's—it's it's ridiculous, <coughs> and and I still can't get over the fact of of having a a twelve dollar wholesale minimum. That's crazy. Most Davidoffs don't have a twelve dollar wholesale minimum. No, <laughs> I mean it's just you're talking about like Byron and Atabay, and that's basically it. <laughs> you know, uh, it's just ridiculous. What can you do? Um, don't move to California. That's yeah, or New York. Don't move to California. Yep. Um, Freedom. What's our final verdict here on this sweet tea? Is it really good or is it just okay? You know, is this something that uh, uh, you would smoke again? Is this something that you could recommend? Or is this something that, you know, it's a one and done kind of a thing? I absolutely would smoke it again. As a matter of fact, this could be an all-day smoke for me. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed that nice little sweet tea flavor I got in the beginning. Um, the the nice dried fruit, light dried fruit, nothing nothing mm. too much. Uh, the 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 bready notes, just a little bit of spice, nice light spice on the retro hill. It, it to me, it's a perfect all-day smoke, mm. and I would absolutely recommend this. I concur, Paul. All right, Nick. I also concur. You know something? I concur too. I I think this is really, really good. And you get that, you know, again, that orange pico tea kind of aftertaste mm -hmm. to this. Yep. Um, but it's not like you don't enjoy the tobacco that's in this blend. You can taste the Cavendish, you can taste the Virginias, the Orientals provide that spice that, that Nick has been talking about and enjoying. This is a really enjoyable tobacco, and it's yeah. one of these things that, that uh, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of surprised that more people don't really like this. And this is certainly something that I'm going to keep in my um, um, uh, rotation, I think. You know, it's one of these things where... I think the first time I had it, I expected something a little bit different. I expected something more on the aromatic side, something more akin to visions of cellophase, or as Nick calls it, visions of syphilis. Visions of syphilis, you know, baby. And where you get this, you know, really blatant, great uh, uh, aroma when you open the tin, and then when you, you know, smoke it. Um, again, it's Cornell and Deal, so you're enjoying the tobacco, but you get this this table wine kind of flavor to it. It's mm. very, very nice. Um, this, you open it up, you smell it. It doesn't smell really overly sweet. It doesn't smell like sweet tea. It smells like tobacco. When you smoke it, you're enjoying those Virginias, the spice from the Orientals, the sweetness from the... Um, the Cavendish, and you do at the in in the finish get this nice black sweet tea kind of finish, and it's very yeah. very unique. I think it's very good. I'm, I'm absolutely. I'm glad we have it in the store. Plus, with the the 
the drink pairing as well. The drink, yeah, went the pairing well. went very yeah. well with yeah, this. I think it did very, very I think, I, I agree with you, Paul, that the, the drink kind of takes away from some of the sweetness <laughs> of the tobacco, but because it is sweet in and of itself, yeah. it really complements things. It, Correct. It, it yep. really brings out that... You know, if, if you're looking for it some... definitely brings out the T-note a lot more. It than. brings out the T-note, and if you're looking to put a little more sweet in your sweet tea, the Black Manhattan is a great way to do it. And I'm going to take another sip. <laughs> take it, take it, take it, take it, take it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, next week, we have one of our contenders for the most oft on the show guests. Eric Wentworth, Ooh, vice yeah. president of Hammer and Sickle Cigars, is going to be with us yeah, yeah. in is, the store. Is he going to redeem himself? Redeem himself? How mm, does, smoke a pipe? Redeem himself? Smoke oh, smoking pipe? a pipe? Did no. we, did we no, forget we, that we, episode? We, we completely burned him. He's, <laughs> he's, he'll hang around and, and smoke the rest mm, of the cigar. He'll cry twice. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was trying to be funny, but I I ruined him for life. Doc Birdseye killed him. Bar- Doc Birdseye killed him. Put yeah. a fork in him, he's done. But uh, we're going to be smoking the Berlin Wall Box Press Churchill. I am really looking forward to that. It is a fantastic cigar. And in the second half, uh, we're going to be lighting up Robert McConnell's St. James Park. Nice. uh, Pipe tobacco. And that is very, very nice. So you've got, you know, the Berlin Wall, which has that kind of German, you know, um, background to it, at least to the name. And then Robert McConnell, you know, is, you know, comes to us. You know, uh, from Germany. I don't know that it's actually made in Germany, but that's where it comes out of. You'd have to do your research. I'll have to do a little bit more research. But uh, you got some German. Some German. From both sides of the show there, so we're looking forward to that. Will we have any Freuleins on the show next week? Are we going to be all uh, Hans? Hopefully... It will not be all Hans on deck. It will be some Fräulein. Are we going to have some schnitzels? <laughs> some schnitzels. Hopefully, maybe some Kendra or maybe some Brie. Maybe. Maybe, maybe little. Little Kendra, little Brie. I'm going to go home and watch Beer Fest now. Yes, yes. Make sure you follow us on uh, Facebook.com at uh, uh, NJBS Podcast uh, so that you don't miss anything. But we'll be updating you as things progress thank you for being with us tonight thanks for hanging in there as we transitioned and we're looking forward to seeing you next week right here on not just blowing smoke thanks everyone another smoke another day and that's not just blowing you've been listening to not just blowing smoke the podcast that brings the wealth of knowledge expertise and fun of Twins Smoke Shop, New England's premier smoke shop, right to you, wherever you are, whenever you want it. You can find us at our website, notjustblowingsmoke.com, and keep in touch with us on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at notjustblowingsmoke. Thanks for listening, everybody, and that is Not Just Blowing Smoke. Rolling with the top down.